Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I am the Bill Arnold part of that little sentence. We've got a great show to get things started. I'm going to bring on my friend Patrick Albanese in just a minute. And then the Monday afternoon mix will take place after that with Pastor David Miles. That's all in hour one. Hour two is going to be equally as good. I'm going to save that uh, suspense for a little bit later to tell you what's on the second half of the show. But for now, I want to get things started with a great verse out of Jude, starting in 24. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. What a great way to start the week. Patrick Albanese is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, welcome. Hey, and we missed last week. We did. You know, I I kind of bumped you last week. I felt terrible about that. Oh, you must have gotten dozens, hundreds, hundreds of few, texts. Few, none. Messages. Yeah, but yeah, we got a lot of pushback on that. Where That's is Patrick so Albanese? I must not have put the proper address in when I sent all those. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, Patrick, I have the perfect answer for prison reform. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. Don't, put don't people, go? No, well, no, hey, don't go. But yeah. don't put people in prison. Send them to people's homes and have them remove... 35-year-old wallpaper. I swear the, oh. the crime rate will plunge. That's what I did on Sunday. I took, Doesn't that violate the Geneva Convention? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think, 9 or 10 hours of getting off 35-year-old wallpaper. Now, uh, I have done that. Uh, I think I, I gave you some, some... Did you get a machine for that? I or did. did you I just... got a steamer. You got the steamer. And, of course, your and, body's uh, contorted into all these angles, and you're holding this thing up in awkward positions for, you know, minutes and minutes on end. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm glad I was able to get it done, but uh, I, I tell know. you, you— uh, Well, and, uh, you know, you're, you you got a facial while you were at it. <laughs> I did. It was very humid in the in the bathroom, so it was really quite your nice. Your has never been so soft. I, I know. Right? I know. But that's a crime, uh, yeah. crime deterrent. Make people it do that. A, well, that would be a deterrent. Um, you know, it's, I had to do, I was redoing our bathrooms a a while back, you know, one of those COVID projects. I don't know how many I've painted. I think every room in the house I've done flooring. I've, I've done a lot. And uh, when I was redoing the bathrooms, uh, and putting in new cabinets, I was like, Oh boy, look behind the old cabinets, four layers of, (laughs) four layers of wallpaper. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was, it was actually kind of a fascinating trip through time to see just how much taste the previous homeowners did not have. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you could eat Paisley. (laughs) Uh, And of course, you know that the Mona Lisa was painted over some other painting. So you always wonder what's underneath Mona Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was kind of wondering if Mona Lisa would be under my wallpaper. You know, how you, <laughs> I was digging in my backyard once to, to install a garden. I kept, I started, I hit something rock solid. And of course, immediately I think it's buried treasure. <laughs> I know the pre- previous owners 
probably have some ill-gotten gains from a sunken ship. And they've <laughs> and they buried, buried it in the, the backyard. backyard. Forgot to take it when they left. You know, it's one of those things that just slipped their mind. And uh, so I worked really hard and I dug and it was an old fence post. <laughs> so as I went six feet down, I hit another rock solid thing. I go, this must be the treasure. <laughs> Every six feet, there was a fence post. Oh, that's very <laughs> Do funny. Do I really like hostas that much? I don't think I do. Uh -huh. I don't think these were buried for a reason. Okay, got so, a lovely comment from Deanna. She said, I missed Patrick very much. It felt like a month to me. How about that? Well, see, and that's why I've always, always liked Deanna. I know. <laughs> always liked Deanna. If I, if I had a, a, a big enough home, mm -hmm. uh, like a guest room, mm -hmm. uh, she'd be... Her family would be welcome. I, her family would be... Yeah. What is it about guests? You know, I mean, we when you have a, a house that's nice enough to have like a guest room, so now you've got, you've got uh, like food you can't eat. You got soaps you can't use. You've got furniture you can't sit on. Yeah. For guests that don't don't show up. I don't. Yeah. That little bar of new soap you're not allowed to use in the yeah. soap dish because it's right. for it's for guests. It's for guests. <laughs> it's you know it's it, my wife loves seashells. She loves anything beach related, and she got the seashell soaps, and I needed soap, and so I just I swapped one out for an actual real seashell, and she hasn't noticed. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get me in trouble is what I'm <laughs> Okay, uh, you and I love to nitpick about customer service, all right? You know, we yes. always think there's a better way to do things, and being good to a customer is, you know, what every company should strive to do, right? Yes, so, I think so. Yeah, so having said that, there are some tactics that companies use, especially when you're in conversation with somebody in customer service, and they simply can't help you with the one thing that you called about. So yes. how do they always end the call? Well, after their failure to solve your problem, they say, is there anything else I can help you with? <laughs> and is that always I, a little I, frustrating to you? It's always frustrating. And my normal response is, can we go back to the first thing I called about? <laughs> Maybe if we could just start, if we can you know, tick some things off the list right there, that'd be great. I, I often ask for lunch suggestions because I figure that'll be relatively easy. Mm -hmm. You know, you have any ideas? I'm hungry. Maybe I should get some lunch. What would you recommend? That might be a question more up your alley today. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can handle my one about where is my missing package? <laughs> but I had a little challenging experience on customer service today, and I have to say I did have to kind of tamper down my uh, my mood because it was getting a little bit riled up, and I thought, oh, wait a minute, I got to be, I have to be nice, and I was nice, but there was yep. still that level of frustration where they say we're going to be out between 7 and 1, and they don't show at all, and they don't call. So at 2 yeah, o'clock, I said, hey, weren't you guys going to show up today? And they went, eh, I think we were, short of, we were short of driver. <laughs> so it doesn't look like it's going to happen. No call, no nothing. Well, That's when yeah, I started you know, making those Three Stooges noises. Yeah. Now, out of curiosity, have you already returned the wallpaper steamer? Because that would have been a nice <laughs> th thing to have in the background. You could maybe let off some steam and say, that's me. Yeah. I'm just letting off a little steam. <laughs> no, I haven't done that yet. I have more, I have more wallpaper to, to go. Well, I, that, that's that's uh, this uh, this. What did you get? You got an appliance. You got a new appliance. I got an appliance. Yep, it was going to get installed. By the way, and I I mean I'm not uh, trying to nitpick on your handyman skills, 
but it's not that uh, difficult to plug in a vacuum. I don't know if you actually <laughs> need somebody to come over. <laughs> I still need <laughs> to somebody to show me how to do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, now you're making fun of me. Well, that's as you recall a few weeks back, I ended up getting, you know, I fell for the old, hey, we're a new carpet cleaning company in town, and we're going to come in and we're going to clean one of your rooms for free in the hopes that you will uh, hire us to, to clean the rest of it. And then it turned into a, a vacuum cleaner salesman who uh, cleaned a two-foot by two-foot section of one rug. <laughs> and it's in my daughter's room. She says, I've got this one clean area. I guess I should just put my rug over the carpet that's clean so that the rest of it matches. Mm -hmm. And that's what we had to do. But I, I fell for it. Yep. Mm. I fell for that. Uh, so the bigger question would be, Patrick, is how you be loving, kind, gracious, and Christ-like to be salt in the earth in, in when you feel like you're getting a very bum deal. And you want to make it clear that the customer service has failed your expectations, but you also want to be nice about it. But you don't want to yeah. feel like you're being taken advantage of either. So how do you no, sort that out? I don't know. And you, you, you it's, uh, you're like me. You never want to get to the point where you say, oh, my gosh, I, I could potentially lose my temper here. Yes. And, and I'm going to become a person that I don't like to be. And, and yes. it's, it's, it's a rarity. But sometimes you say, well, are you just taking advantage of my, my good nature that I'm, I'm giving you every opportunity to solve this problem and you're not doing it and now I'm getting upset? And it's hard. And sometimes it's perspective, too. I mean, we often talk about we have these first world problems, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, as, as a friend of mine would famously say, she says, you know, you've got a pretty good when your biggest problem is the cable guy is running late. Right. You know, uh, my my joke is often I don't ask for much in life, just enough money to put gas in the maid's Ferrari. Exactly. That paints a picture. It but, does. You know, so you say, gosh, I'm in a position I can get a new appliance and somebody's going to come install it and I don't have to deal with that. But no matter how convenient and easy our lives get, we still run into setbacks and things we're upset about. And it, and it is a reminder to say, hang on, this isn't that big of a deal. But how do you put it in perspective like you say, so you don't get um, taken advantage of. Yeah. I always say in the back of my mind, I have to reserve my anger for things in life that matter. And this is not one of them. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think I've told you this story of, you know, uh, my brother passed away. He was 34. This is many moons ago. And uh, I get back to Los Angeles where I was living at the time. And I go to work my first day. I'm working a lunch shift at this fancy restaurant in Hollywood. And uh, uh, yeah, so it's my first shift back. And I go out to, I'm, I'm finished, I'm gonna go home. And I go out, I said, I thought I parked there, but I didn't, I don't recall parking near broken glass. I don't remember parking there. There was no broken glass. I was in this spot, I must've parked down the street. And eventually I come back and realize that the broken glass is my window. And that is all that we, all the remains of my vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be laughing, but continue. Yeah, and there was a note under it I thought was pretty handy. Somebody had written a note on a napkin that says, I saw this happen. Uh, so there's no phone number. No, it's, Well, that's great. I have a witness who, who was afraid to be identified. <laughs> but just, just so you know, I saw it. Yeah. Um, and there happened to be some police not too far away at a little convenience store. I walked on in, and I was as calm and together as I could be. And eventually, as we get everything taken care of, and they take me to the police station to finish reports, the, the two officers say, you're the calmest person we've ever had who just got their car stolen. I said, you know, uh, I just came back, uh, got back to here from my brother's funeral. I have remarkable perspective today. 
I could be different tomorrow over time. Some of that pain will go away and maybe this would anger me more. But as in the big scheme of things, I have tremendous perspective today. This is a nothing. And I got a new car anyway. So, <laughs> you know, it was great because, I mean, you realize this is true about life. You know, money can replace some of these things. And sometimes money's tight. Um, but but nothing can replace people. Mm -hmm. Nothing can replace those relationships. You say, well, this is just a car. Mm -hmm. But when Brother, the, I can't replace. Yeah. But when the grace of God is pouring out of heaven into your life, every day should be more or less like that because you've got that grand perspective. It should be. Uh, and, and sadly, I, I do fail that test uh, yeah. more than I'd like to admit. Well, so do I. Patrick, let me take a little break. Patrick Albanese is my guest who's not getting bumped this week. We'll take a short break and be right back. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'm back with I Patrick Albanese, possibly interrupting his nap time. Is that uh, close enough to nap time, Patrick? Between nap and four and seven. Nice, nice. I was reading a study about how productive, creative people take naps. Uh, Thomas Edison was a napper. Mm -hmm. Do you, you know his trick that he used to carry? A, he would nap on a table that was not necessarily that comfortable uh, in the middle of his laboratory. And so he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to sleep too long. But one of the things he would do is he would hold a, a heavy steel ball in his <laughs> hand. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he fell deeply enough asleep to where the muscles relaxed, it would drop the ball, hit the floor, and wake him up. And he would say, time to get to work. Yeah. I've heard another uh, another guy in ministry that would do that with his uh, big set of car keys that he would. That's, but he wouldn't be driving cool. when this would be happening. No, that would be bad. <laughs> well, I do a very similar thing, only I use a helium balloon. And it, uh, <laughs> when it so goes far, up into the air, you wake up, or how does that work? Well, it's, I'm, this is when I'm napping outside, so <laughs> it has yet to hit anything that would really Alert you. Me. Yeah, I get that. Okay, so hey, by the way, about, about perspective, just a, a quick little thing. You know how you can sometimes, no matter what the setback is, you can say, gosh, the sky is falling. Mm -hmm. If you want to get perspective, a thing you can do, I did this once for a very short period of time, and then I said, this is a very bad idea. <laughs> I subscribed to both the RNC and the DNC email list and got the daily deluge of the sky is falling, but from either side. <laughs> as they fought it out so don't just don't you know if you want to if you think if people that can find negative anywhere subscribe to both that's what you should do and get both of them saying wow this guy these the other side's crazy let me read their email today mm. oh no no it's the other side <laughs> yeah. okay so this was a uh, kind of interesting i uh, was applying to renew my passport uh the other day and it's interesting when you go to renew your passport and when it comes to national security, you have two choices when it comes to gender, male or female. That's it. They haven't gotten is, the, the program. Which is exactly how it should be. That is, you know, that that does make it easier, too. How thick do you want the passport to be? <laughs> you know, yeah, but when, that's, it, uh, when it comes to national security, they take this very seriously. It has nothing to do with feelings. 
Well, no, but I, you know, you went into something, uh, and this is humorous and ironic, I guess, at the same time. But um, there was uh, one of these cafe press like type of websites mm-hmm. that sells uh, the custom T-shirts, and then they'll have the ones about you know it'll say gender is a social construct, and when you hit the drop down menu. It says, do we like the men's shirt or the women's shirt? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's true. It's like, let me get this straight. It's saying, the T-shirt I'm getting saying there are 57 genders. And when I get the drop-down menu, it says, which side would you like a men's or a women's in that shirt? Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess we're still doing some things the old-fashioned way. When did For greeting the- cards start costing $9 a pop? I, oh, my gosh. I, you know, so... We recently had Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. And I told you my story about how I did the flower thing. And I go, so uh, I have a, there's a group. I don't know any of the guys in it, but they're very familiar faces that I usually see Valentine's morning and uh, Mother's Day morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 6 a.m. in the card aisle. I I Mm -hmm. call my men's group, right? (laughs) It's like, hey, it's you. Uh, So, of course, it's, it's usually pretty slim pickings at that point in time. And... I thought, oh boy, as so I start rummaging through all the, the Valentine's cards, you're trying to find the, the perfect one with the perfect sentiment and it, there's not much left. And I finally find one and I'm like, ah, this expresses exactly how I feel about my wife. This is the card. And I flip it over. It's eight ninety nine. It's like, I think I'll go with the one with the peanuts characters. <laughs> I, think, I, think that, I, think, I think Snoopy's going to do the job this year. He's four ninety nine. <laughs> I have no idea. It's still the same piece of card, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind rewarding people for their creative efforts, but wow, $9. Yeah, it gets to, yeah. gets to be a little spendy. All right. I know, I know yeah. this bothers you because we've talked about it before, but whenever someone uh, passes on who might be famous, now in this example, I'm going to use Rush Limbaugh because yep. he was uh, recently passed away last week, and it's interesting the amount of hatred that gets spewed on social media regarding his passing. Um, very interesting. There was, it, it's interesting when somebody decides where his eternal destiny is. I, I just find that uh, hard, to, hard to understand. I, and when people do that, I, I, I'm usually thinking to myself, I hope my destiny is not in your hands either. Exactly. And you better hope that your eternal destiny is not in my hands or somebody else's, some another human being's hands. We're, we've, we've shown, the record has proven, we're not good at this kind of thing. No. We're, we're really bad at forgiveness, and we're really, really bad at looking to see that, you know, if somebody might have had qualities that you weren't aware of, we don't want to hear the story. Um, and I've, I've made it a rule. How about don't celebrate death? Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 it, it was very painful to see that. And it was painful to see the things that people would write. And I was like, I understand you don't, you know, some people love them. Some people don't, but when, you know, when it's over, let's just be respectful. Yeah. And it's not whether you liked them or not. That's not my point at all. My point is that other people can come out and make declarations as to where he is now spending eternity just because yes. that's what they want to say, which just goes to show how spiritually blind so much of the world is. Well, I, I don't know if I could ever operate with that level of certainty in life. Uh, you know, it's uh, that uh, Rush Limbaugh's eternal destiny is, uh, is between him and God. Uh, Although Rush uh, made a clear expression of faith. Yes. So I did, I did hear him say that. 
that he was yeah. in fact, um, you know, had made right with God and was born again. And, and I thought, yeah. well, that's a powerful statement. And he's trusting his, his life in the hands of the Lord. And, you know, when you use born yeah. again language, that pretty much says that you understand who it is you've made your savior, who, who you're putting your trust in. And he's not late to the game. I, I think it's been his stance for years. It's not the kind of thing he talked about much on the radio, but I think when he was diagnosed with the lung cancer, so many people had concerns. I think he did it for the listeners to let them know that he was going to be okay, mm-hmm. that he was at peace with it, that he was at, you know, that uh, that he had a relationship with Jesus, that he had his relationship with God. And I think he was doing that more for the listeners. He was. It wasn't just to say you know, hey, look at me. He was saying, for those of you who are concerned, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, it's, a, it's a good thing. And, yeah. and very powerful from somebody with that, that kind of listenership too, I think. You know, well, yeah, I mean, he's got a few more listeners than me, but I don't know if a lot more. Is that cumulative? Mm, yeah. I mean, take from your first show. Mm, yeah. You can double count people. You are okay. allowed to double. So I, <laughs> I okay. get to add up all the shows total, and then yes, yeah. So that number. Just put a number. Put in. I think I'm winning. You <laughs> grading on a curve, aren't you? I am grading on a curve. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, maybe during COVID, you've gotten more listeners as people are. Perhaps I, I saw have. a story, by the way, a, a weird side effect of COVID. People aren't visiting San Francisco, and so the criminals are having to target the residents, and the residents are not happy about that. <laughs> did and you really read that? A, were you making that I up? I really did read that. The, the, the residents are saying they're targeting us. And the, the criminals are saying, well, there's nobody here. There's no tourists. Hmm. And in a similar related thing, I haven't read this yet, but I'm going to just uh, guess that this is probably true. In France, they're having to be rude to each other. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no tourists. <laughs> no tourists. <laughs> So that's, that's theory. <laughs> I don't know that's if I should be laughing at that. So Minneapolis, after saying let's defund the police, are now spending $6.4 million to hire more police officers. Well, this was predictable, right? I think it was predictable, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that most people would say I, I kind of like safe areas. Um, you know, we obviously have to do a better job of weeding out uh, bad cops. Uh, um, you know, that's, but I still think it's a very small percentage. Uh, however, the small percentage always does a very good job of ruining it for the big percentage, don't they? <laughs> they do, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, we 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 all know the the type. The, there's maybe the person that uh, uh, expresses their faith in a way that you're not necessarily in agreement with, and you're like, oh, you're ruining it for people because they're going to be afraid to ask about Jesus because of you. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. I want people to be very open to that idea. Yeah. And as you know, my story with you was I saw you and the other guys in the show, and I said, what is it about these guys? Yeah. And I asked, and you guys told me. I love that story. Patrick, yeah. we're out of time. Thanks for uh, doing the show. I won't bump you again, as far as you know. No, nah, that's all right. I don't yeah. mind a bump here and there. All, all right, right, thanks. Yep. Patrick Albanese has been my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Coming up next is the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles is already here. Be right back. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your 
are back with the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, who is a pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota, and also an adjunct professor right here at the University of Northwestern, who just put on his glasses, which means you're probably going to be reading something, right, David? Oh, no, I, I was just putting on my glasses so I could, you know, See enjoy this wonderful view of Bill Arnold. Oh, you're awfully with, nice. With trees, you know, pine trees Picturesque, in the back. Isn't it? It, it is. And, you know, you guys <laughs> got to look past little... my mug and then enjoy the no, beauty outside the, cool the window. No, you got the olive green sweater on. Yeah. 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 So, hi, Rosie. How you doing? Hi, Ryan. All right, it's a big family affair here. It is, man. Yeah. Totally family yeah. affair. So, so you got your Bible open to Second Peter today, which oh, is exciting. Yes, you know, once again, let's hear those pages turn. Hold on. There we go. That's the sound uh, I like. The sound of Bible pages turning. Yeah, I, I I love it, and then you also get to see it, Bill. Let me ask you a question: What is something that you, in your life, have been an eyewitness to that like really impacted you? That's a deep question. Um, I would say I've been an eyewitness to someone getting on their knees and turning their life over to Jesus Christ, uh, repenting of their sins, inviting Jesus into their life as their Lord and Savior. Uh, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Absolutely. There's nothing else. It, nothing you know, else. That is the truth. Yeah. They've gone yeah. from dead in their sins to alive in Christ, and I witnessed it, and their eternity changed instantly. You know, on that on that note, it's really, really interesting, you know, praying for opportunities to be able to, to share the gospel um, and how God will meet you at times just to, you know, even have people who are curious about things. And I remember in college, uh, you know, my RA, uh, his his girlfriend had met me and, and one day just we had a conversation about the gospel and stuff and 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 went and so just answered a number of questions that she she had and just shared it with her. And then just encourage her to listen to the Lord. So we were going to have a conversation later that week, and she came, and she's like, you know, David, this this one verse, God laid on my heart, and, you know, it was just, like, really, really good, and, and I was trying to decide, you know, like, what did it mean? And, and, you know, like, she goes, it's in Zechariah. And, you know, normally when you think of Zechariah, you think of Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And uh, I want to turn here because this is a verse that God laid on this person's heart. And uh, Zechariah, actually chapter 1, and here's what it, here's what it said. It said, uh, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out, Thus says the Lord of hosts, return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. And this person, I, I was like, what? And she's like, that's my family. She goes, that's actually my dad. And she's like, I don't want to be that. And I was like, oh my, you know, like I would have, like that wasn't the verse that I would have had in mind to pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I remember just chatting with the person and we kind of went back over the gospel and uh and I remember we were sitting there, and she's like, I don't know. And, and I just remember I said to her, I, I said to her her name, and I said, the Lord loves you very much. And her eyes got really big. And she said, can we go sit down? And I remember just sharing the gospel with Jesus Christ. And uh, I remember just crying, and she said, you know, Dave, how you used to say that Jesus stands at the door of my heart 
knocking and he wants to come in? And I said, yeah. She goes, he's not knocking anymore. No. <laughs> and it was so sweet. You're because, killing me, David. Yeah, I mean, it was like Prego. Mm. It was like Prego. It's in there. But it was one of those things, Bill, like when you're sitting there watching someone you know, move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Nothing son. Like and I was just like, Lord, I, I like want to get saved again. This is like so very cool. So yeah, being an eyewitness to Jesus at work in people's life. And that's what kind of, that's what brings us to our passage today uh, in Second Peter chapter one. And this is what it says. So after um, Peter has, you know, shared with this group of people who have been dispersed all over the place um, about who they are in Christ, the faith that they have, the righteousness that comes from God, and then God's divine power at work that pertains to life and godliness. He comes to verse 16 and he says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very, vo- vo- this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, you know, Peter and James and John as they're as as Peter's writing to this dysphoria of of Gentiles and Jewish believers that are spread all over, he's like, "Hey, hey, guys, I just want to let you know that this word that you have, we were eyewitnesses to." And what he's referring to is how the three of them were on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. That God comes back because Bill, we've already we've we've already spent a couple of weeks looking at Matthew chapter three verses sixteen and seventeen where it says, "This is my son whom I love; with him I'm well pleased." Well, later on in Matthew seventeen, as Jesus is preparing to turn towards Jerusalem, they're on the Mount of Transfiguration, and God shows up, and He is made glorious in front of their sight, and Moses is there, and Elijah is there. And you see God just pour himself out on Jesus. His face is shining, and he again says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And what Peter's saying is like, you know, these aren't myths. These aren't fables. Our lives, we were impacted by it. And what's interesting about this passage is, they saw the transfiguration, but one of the things that Peter makes sure to say, he says, listen, the voice was born to him by majestic glory. We ourselves heard this very voice born to him. And he almost puts more emphasis on hearing the word that God spoke, even than just seeing Jesus transfigured. Mm, interesting. I like that. So, so here's the thing. You know, a lot of times... Um, people might think even in sharing their faith with someone, you know, I'm not fill in the blank. I'm not Luis Palau. I'm not Billy Graham. I'm I'm not so-and-so and mm-hmm. this and that. Whoever the person is in their mind, um, 
but here's the thing. You've been a front row eyewitness to God's work in your life. Amen. And you have a story, a story to tell that God wants to speak through you, that someone is going to hear it in a way uh, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear it from me. You know, um, I, I like to say that, you know, as a pastor, sometimes when I have conversations and my, my wife will laugh because people say like, okay, like, what do you do? And I said, I work with people. <laughs> yeah. And it's not because I'm embarrassed, but I know words have weight. They have, they have power to them. And so just continuing the conversation with a person and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll keep asking and I'll share some things that I do uh, because eventually when they are like, find out I'm a pastor, they're like, you're a pastor. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. And then get cute and go like the Samaritan woman, want to have a religious conversation. But for an accountant talking to another accountant, that accountant can explain to that person, your debit and credit sheet is jacked up. And there is nothing that you will ever be able to do to reconcile that, that out of whackness balance. But there's a great accountant who came and set the ledger straight mm. and it cost him his very life. And that accountant will hear that from another accountant and get it in ways that will, that will just, that will contextualize the gospel for that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right out of your own story and your own life, you've got powerful illustrations. All you have to do is open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your story. Make, yeah. make simple connections. You don't have to be this great theologian. You just have to be loving, kind, listen, and let them speak, and then tell your story. I think it was the, the uh, 20th century theologian Karl Barth, you know, who you know, taught on all these things. And they, they once asked him, they said, Dr. Barth, what, what, what's one of the most profound things that, you, that you've ever studied? And he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, as he taught Sunday school to little kids, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, but it is. It's, it literally um, is that just profound, you know, the gospel really is. And to always be praying for people. You know, even the minute you have an encounter with someone, if you think, the conversation is turning spiritual. You can quietly in your, in your spirit just ask God for the leading, the words, the opening, and God will be there with you. Yeah, very much so. And one of the interesting things, Bill, is over the last decade or so, um, in having conversations, spiritual conversations with people and sharing my own story, um, You know, and often finding out, like, God will use our greatest hurts, pains, and disappointments to become our greatest ministry and impact if we let him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, one of of my strongest testimonies is my failure, and it was my failure of a failed suicide attempt. And, you know, and God's goodness and grace and saving me and and leading me to himself out of that, that, that that's huge. One of the interesting things has been this, is that oftentimes walking through the gospel with someone, I more often than not have people get into an argument with me. 
And, you know, I love for the person who's feeling stressed, like, yeah, I knew that's going to happen. Someone's going to be like, you know, PDM, you're just bashing me over with the Bible. And oftentimes, no, it's not. It's actually walking through like Romans 6.23, wages, sin, death, the bridge illustration, gift, God, eternal life, man separated, Christ Jesus, our Lord, he bridges the gap and how we can receive him. And the, 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 the disagreement goes something like, that can't be for me. No, really, it's for you. No, Pastor David, you don't understand. You, you don't understand who I am. Yeah, but he does. Yeah, but you don't understand the things that I've done. No, but he does. Mm-hmm. But that, that can't be for me. There, there's got to be something that I have to do. Like, what do I have to do? You know, and walking through and then watching the Spirit of God turn the light bulb on that this is real and that it's really for them. And like, just watching this miracle happen in front of you as a person's like, oh my goodness. Like I remember one person, like they like were laughing and crying, like in disbelief and joy at the same Mm. time when it was hitting them of what for the wages of sin is death. uh, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, what that really meant for them. I love your story of conversion too, David. I think it was uh, a topper's pizza place in Fargo, North Dakota. Yes. One night. And I just love the, the simple context where you're in a pizzeria and you get saved. Well, Topper's was like a, an old uh, 50s restaurant, so okay. like the old Topper things. And so you could have malted milkshake. It's not there anymore. Mm. You know, and, you know, we'd, we'd throw quarters in the jukebox and people would squeal, you know, in the jungle, the silent, you know, and mm-hmm. do the, the, you know, the Lion King, yeah. you know, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it was... My point is it happened in a pretty normal place. Yeah, and, and it, was, it wasn't it was a pastor who led me to Christ. That's right. So you can be in a normal place with a friend sharing Christ, and that person might make a decision to follow Christ in that moment. Well, so look well, for every opportunity you can. Even more than that is that I wouldn't have never gotten to that point except my last name is Miles, and my locker mate was a guy named Lance Porter. And Lance didn't know what had gone on in my life. It was going up. And once one day he walked up to me at the locker. He said, hey, Dave, so what? He goes, what are you doing? And I think it was a Tuesday. And I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Thursday that they had the event. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, nothing. He goes, hey, you want to come with me and some friends to this thing called Student Venture? And I was like, sure. And I thought to myself, and I remember sharing my testimony later on, I thought I had nothing to lose, but I never realized how much I had to gain. Yeah. But it was someone who just invited me that started that step. And I go back to the power of the invite. Yes. Never underestimate the power of the invite. I think on that note, I'll take a break. Sounds good. Yeah. Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles will be right back. afternoon mix with David Miles. We are in 2 Peter. May I read starting in verse 12, David? Yeah. So 
I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Mm. That's solid. That is solid. And, and you know, Bill, that's one of the things that, that I really appreciate um, about just the privilege to come and open up God's Word and what you do and others here at KTIS and Faith Talk Radio do. It, it's this passage of reminding people of the qualities and God's divine power and grace that's at work in, in our lives and encouraging people to walk in that reality by his grace, in his strength, for his glory. Say that again. By his grace, in his strength, for his glory. I love that. And so, you know, and, and even, I mean, like if, if we... we want to be, you know, sober and, and, and humble about the reality of it is, is that Peter's saying, I'm wanting you to be established in truth because I'm getting ready to leave. And the beauty of the gospel is that it's so much larger than any one of us. And our, our role is just to be faithful to Christ while we're, while we're living. And, uh, you know, so that was one of the things. And, and skipping down to the last couple of verses of first, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, after Peter says, I've been an eyewitness to him, he says, look, you know, we have a prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will now do well to pay attention. So we don't know what's happening in your life this, this Monday, the 22nd. You know, we don't, we don't know all the things that are going on for you. Yesterday was my son, DJ. It was his 18th birthday, you know, and one of the things just constantly reminding about the word of God uh, in his life, because perfectly launching our kids, launching those that are our spiritual children that we get to mentor for a time that we won't see. And Peter's like, you know what? I want to launch you well in Christ. And I want to remind you, not only did I see him, that bears witness, but in seeing Christ, it bared witness to the truth of prophecy, the prophetic word of the Old Testament that said Jesus would come and also that Jesus will come again. So I love the reminder. That's what we do here all the time at Faith Radio. We want to remind you of who you are in Christ. Teach you, disciple, train, and encourage you as well. Amen. That's what I try to do. That's what you try to do. That's what I try to do I on to. Mondays with David Miles. Mondays in the Word of God. Yeah. You know, and like one of the things is like this is one of the powerful verses when it actually comes to the whole issue about God's Word and its inspiration, you know, that no prophecy was produced, um, you know, by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk about Second Timothy uh, uh, 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, training, correction, and righteousness, so that, the, so that the man and woman of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work of stumbling over my words. That's okay. Which is always a great reminder that you can stumble over your words <laughs> and God can still use but you. But you were rifling that verse off from memory. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I was trying to remember and then I got my mind caught up. That's but, okay. 
but that's the part, too, of hiding God's word in our heart. Um, I was having this conversation with students last Thursday and, you know, held up God's word. And I said, you know what, you you will. And, and as pastors, we often say, you know, and even as parents about saying always and never mm-hmm. <laughs> to never say always and always. And so but I said to them, I said, you will never regret hiding God's word in your heart. Never. I said, that's the one never that I, that I can tell you for sure. I mean, and, and, and to do so, so that when you're encountering things, it's, it's more so that you're thinking, okay, what part of God's wisdom are you speaking to me right now, even to respond in this, this setting, in this situation? I find that when you sit down and memorize a verse, not only are you putting it in your heart, and the Holy Spirit will be able to recall it when you need it in a conversation. But you are also, through repetition, starting to understand verses and passages that they come alive mm-hmm. after you've rehearsed it in your brain 300 times in order to memorize it. Yeah. I mean, one passage of Scripture that I, that I remember and love to this day is actually Psalm 24, 1. And I often like, well, you know, quote how the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and all who live in it. For he, stamp- for he founded it upon the seas and established upon the rivers. Well, one day when I was in seminary, I was going to go for a run. And so I decided to take my Walkman disc. If my kids are listening, I'd be like, Dad, you are so old. But I had a disc player and I had the NIV Bible on it. And so I decided to go for a run that day and just hit repeat. And so I was running up a hill when I came to who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. I literally can see where I was at on North Middleton Road in Kildare, Illinois, coming to the top of that hill as it turns to the Mm, left. Muscle memory. And, and remembering this yeah. passage and then also just like being in tears because like, wow. And that's the Psalms of Ascent are Psalms of Ascent because they were going up to Jerusalem, you know, so like Psalm 99 and going forward, they're, they're singing these songs as they're ascending to Jerusalem. So, mm-hmm. so just, you know, hiding that, that in our heart. And it, the Bible promises that it does not return void. You know, that's that's return on investment because mm-hmm. it, it comes with heavily interest. As I memorize Ephesians chapter 1, I, I'm reminded of this. And when you say it over and over in your head, you start to take a, a deep appreciation of each word. So in verse 13 and 14, it says, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until, and here's the the part that really got me, David, until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So if you are a believer, you are God's possession. Wow. How beautiful is that? And, and it's, it's, it's like, it's like ridiculous. I mean, like, yeah. And actually, the full definition of ridiculous is—I don't think is like that's like fully as honoring as a word. But you know, the gospel is really, really incredible. And for a person who can feel like, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of a—I'm a throwaway. You know, God's not really intended. You know, God, it's me again. Do you have time? When you read Ephesians, like you just did, 
what's so cool about that is going back in verse 11, um, in him we have attained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Mm-hmm. Well, then you back up to verse 9, and it says, making known to us the mystery of his will. And then backing up to verse uh, 5, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And so this gospel that we have, this salvation that we have in Christ is very purposeful. And your life has purpose. Mm -hmm. And as as you're listening today and you're feeling like, you know what, I really don't feel like my life has any purpose. I, I really feel like... It's just, no, God, he loves you, and he purposely made you one to definitely know him personally. Yeah, yeah. give God praise and give yourself a warm hug because you are God's possession. I think we'll end on that. Pastor David Miles has been my guest for the Monday Afternoon Mix. David, thanks for being here. I will see you next Monday. Take a little break. When we come back, Stephen Virus will be joining me. He's written a book called Overcoming Bitterness, moving from life's greatest hurts to a life filled with joy. It's all next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.